Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode nine of the Free Agents Podcast. We're back after another little hiatus. Uh, Brandon and I were not feeling too hot, uh, and Andrew was in Hawaii, so we gave him a little time of vacation. Uh, yeah. We're all back. We're all ready again, um, and hopefully we're going to be a little bit more consistent again, uh, but hopefully we don't get well, sick. Yeah, and I'm not going anywhere, yeah. so we'll... Love to see it. Well, the worst part Here is we you, guys have, like, you guys have been have, having like that sick kind of thing, so now I'm worried, like, is it my turn that I'm back? Am I going to get that? I mean, things do come in threes, so... I know. That's true. I'm, I'm Especially just I'm in the after hole. traveling, not a lot of sleep. Ooh. Oh, dude, I'm so tired. How was uh, so how was your tired. flight? Okay, well, I didn't even real I didn't book the flights, right? So I had my my friends and I. They we did like a package. So there was like four of us on a ticket, and another guy bought him. Nice. And uh, it was a 10:30 p.m. flight out of Maui. So we landed. We were supposed to land at 6:30 um, Pacific time. So here. So it's an overnight and uh, I was planning on sleeping the entire flight and that's a, I don't sleep well on planes, but if I'm tired enough, I will. I was tired enough to sleep on this flight, but I physically could not because I was, there was a, it was a Russian family of like four people and it was like the youngest daughter, she must've been like probably like six or so at the window. And then the mom who was you know she she was a little heavier set and she was in kind of my seat she was in my like i didn't have like a full seat and then it was like a dad and an older daughter in front of us and they had like an open seat in front of them and uh we took off and about 30 minutes in like right when i'm like kind of settling off because you can't really fall asleep to when you're taking off yeah um when when we're taking off like 30 minutes afterwards i'm about to like fall asleep and then they decide they're going to switch the daughters so the young one goes up to the front so i have to i'm the aisle seat so i have to get out and let them do the whole switch thing which was a nightmare and then uh we like get back and i'm like all right i guess i'll try to like fall asleep again and uh right as i like try to go like fall like back asleep the mom like turns her back like this I don't know if you could see it like on the, you won't be able to see on Spotify, but like she basically turned her back towards me and yeah. she was like, I, I, I kid you not. I had half a seat. Like I, I just didn't, I was, I was like just scrunched in the corner like this getting hit by the drinks cart because I had no room. Oh. So I put the tray table down to like, like lie down like that to just put my head down. So I had some space to sleep and then the daughter needed to pee. So she, oh, I had to get up again. So it was like a whole thing. And then she got back and then the, the mom fell asleep again, but like turned towards me this time and her arm was in my seat. So I couldn't sleep again. Cause I just didn't have a seat. It was, it was so bad, man. So I'm running on like, I took a nap when I got back at like, I got back at like maybe eight and then took a two hour nap and then got a COVID test at 1230. But my girlfriend was amazing. And she picked me up from the airport at like 7am this morning. So Wow, I owe her. I owe, I owe her big time because she also drove me to the airport, which was also like at four thirty in the morning. So she's, I mean, she's a trooper. And got wow. to hear you complain after a trip to Hawaii for a week. What? <laughs> There's also that. Like also props that. for that. Yeah, Andrew, <laughs> yeah, we feel she, really bad for you. Yeah, I I understand it, man. Like it's it's hard to feel bad for me, but I'm so tired right now. I mean. So. I empathize with you on the the sleeping part, especially if you're next to those who require more space. Yeah. Um, I've had many of many a flight where 
I'm sitting, you know, next to or in between two people that require more than one seat each. Right. Um, the funniest thing, at least for me uh, in that story is that you probably like paid extra to get the aisle and it didn't even matter. Like you would have been better off not having the aisle. Um, and I have a similar story. Obviously I think that this is a more, like a lot longer than like a flight flight from Hawaii, but, uh, like I went to Paris summer of 2019 for an internship that I was doing right. and it was great. You know, I got to work, got to go back home cause I lived there. That was, that was kind of cool. Um, <laughs> So I'm flying back. The way back is usually a lot, it's like a little bit longer just because like right. the rotation of the earth. Um, yeah. But it's okay. It's like eight hours. Like that's fine. Kind of manageable if you can either sleep or, you know, you've either brought like a book or a couple movies because then you can just kind of knock it out. Exactly. You could just, yeah. Um, but like I had melatonin. I was ready to sleep. I had the aisle seat. Um, I was like, this is going to be nice. So we take off. Everything's fine. Uh, but it's like super stormy in, oh. in the, on the East coast. So I was like, okay, that's like not ideal, but what are you going to do? And like, I only know this because, uh, I think there was either Wi-Fi or like, like text on the plane. So I could like check the weather and I was like, oh, it's raining. Like that kind of stinks. Um, so like we're, you know, eight hours in, we're like, oh, like we're starting our descent. I'm like, great. Uh, and then we land and we're just not in New York. <laughs> We're just not in New York at all. Wait, so what? we had to stop in Maine because of the weather. Of the oh, and so I'm oh, like, that's man. not ideal. Like whatever, like right. we just have to stop. So we're stopped there for like two hours, just not doing anything, not moving. Did they let you get off the plane? No. Oh gosh. So we're no, just, no. we're all just sitting on this flight. Just on um, the plane, no idea how long. Yeah, I'm like, I'm looking at hotels, like, all right, am I gonna have to like sleep in the airport? Like, can I get right. a, a room? Uh, and then like two hours later, like, okay, we're, we're gonna reroute to Boston. And I was like, okay, now I got to look at hotel rooms in Boston. Like, what's yeah. going on here? I was like, can I take the train? Like, is it gonna be early enough? <laughs> um, so like that happens for like another 45 minutes. And they're like, all right, we can go back to New York. And I'm like, great, we're gonna go to New York and I'm going to get off the plane. So it takes like an hour to get to New York, hour and a half. We get there. It's like pouring rain, whatever. Like I didn't think that was that big of a deal. Uh, but then we sit on the, cause there's so many plane, planes trying to land oh, and like deplane. Yeah. We were on the, on the plane, just sitting there in the, in the, I don't even know what it's called. Like the driveway the, of the planes. The runway, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. The runway. The runway. The driveway. <laughs> the, you know, um, you know, the parking lot for the planes. Yeah, I yeah, know yeah. exactly. Like they got to pay their, their parking tickets. Um, but <laughs> we were there. Validated. Yeah, no, it was three hours. Oh my God. Just sitting, like waiting to deep on plane. the plane. And so just no this, idea. Like what's going to happen to That's the worst yeah. part. Yeah. Was I think. It, did, did they let you like stand up at least? Cause I know sometimes like if you're on the tarmac, they just won't let people like unbuckle and stand up. No, the seatbelt sign was on the whole time. Yeah, there it is. So not ideal. I th also, I think I was supposed to land, like get off the plane at like 7.30 at night. Right. It's now like one in the morning. Yeah. So <laughs> I get, we get off the plane at like 1.30. Keep in mind, I've this is basically a 24 hour day for me because I was on the plane for eight hours. Right. Plus, already, <laughs> like the time change going backwards. Yep. 
So I'm just like delirious at this point. And of course I had a check bag because oh, did. I didn't check one on the way there, but on the way back because uh, French airlines are just difficult for no reason. They made me check it because I had no problem on the way there. Right. So I checked it. And again, another like hour and a half goes by two hours, no bags anywhere for any flight. So I'm just sitting there. It's like three in the morning. <laughs> like put me out of my misery. Like I hope my bag doesn't come and just the sweet release of, you know, <laughs> something comes. Uh, but I get my bag, I get back at like three forty-five. Um, and yeah, I haven't, I low key haven't taken a trip since. So maybe Honestly, that was like the last one. That sounds pretty moments, traumatic, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you have moments like that, I feel like afterwards you're just like, all right, I'm not going to take another plane for like a year. Cause it's just, it's that bad. Hey, COVID did me a favor then. It, they did, it really did. <laughs> yeah. But because, I will say like the worst part about my flight was that I originally had the window seat on the other side of the aisle but my friend wanted the window seat and I usually take an aisle seat because my legs are pretty long and I just don't like traded? cramped in there. And I traded with him. So he <sighs> took my window seat and he slept the entire flight. And he, he, he actually told me, he was like, I woke up a different man after that flight because he, he fell asleep about 30 minutes into the flight and then woke up in San Francisco. And I was like, I, I hate you so much. That is yeah. life, a life-changing flight. I can understand yeah. why he was, he felt that way exactly but so we're your back was, brother it's done uh, it's done i took a nap uh, i had a bagel i'm refreshed ish there you Ooh. go things you love to see exactly. all right now to get into the nitty-gritty we had a question from a viewer on our instagram like we said in the last podcast if you have anything that you'd like to ask us please do that we're here for the content yeah. Um, Cause we're going to talk a little bit about sports today. We thought this would be a good time to answer it, but it was uh, about the state of the 76ers. Uh, I can lead it off. I don't think we'll spend too much time on this because I think it's, you know, kind of a short answer to the question, at least for me, <laughs> um, you know, they just got to make a move. They've yeah. been pretty passive for yeah. the past three years about trusting the process and kind of only making little tiny moves. But now it's time to, you know, take the swing. You know, I guess you could argue maybe that the trades they made last offseason were like to reinforce what they had, but clearly that wasn't enough. And you got to, you know, Daryl Morey's got to do something. So, yeah, but I mean, with Daryl Morey, I really think they are going to make the move. And Ben Simmons just seems like he's definitely on the trading block right now. He's gone. definitely trying to figure out what they can do with that. I mean, with I mean for the 76ers, I want them to at least keep uh, Matisse Thibel just because they had two of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA. Uh, so you want to keep at least one of those if you want to be a championship-level team. Joel Embiid, he's amazing. I think he would have won MVP if he didn't get injured. I think you guys yeah. may agree with that, even though you're both He's amazing fans, when so. healthy. So I'd agree with that. That's the key. That's the key for them. They need him to be healthy. But if he can get a full healthy season and you get him a point guard, I think, you know, that team has a very, very good chance of making it to the finals next year with the squad they have. They got enough shooters around him. Um, they got a pretty good interior game, like Brandon was saying. They got a pretty good perimeter defense to keep Mitya Seibel. So 
They just got to make one or two moves. I think Ben Simmons is gone, so you got to find a complement to Joel Embiid, and it's probably going to be a pass-first point guard. Whether or not you know you want to trade up to draft one is a question, but you know I think they're they're the trust the process thing is kind of over at this point, and they're uh, they're in a win now mode because I don't know how much longer Embiid's going to stick around if they can't yeah they can't pull through and build around him. Yeah, I mean. I think at this point, like I think the final thing that should be said is trust the process was like funny and cool like three and a half years ago. But like the process at this point, like is complete. There is no more <laughs> process, you know? Yeah. You you tanked for like three and a half years and you went to did you even I don't even think they made a conference finals. So No, no. they think they were eliminated every time. It's time to rethink so. said process. Yeah. Like at like for me. The analogy that I'll use is, because we were talking about this before, uh, if I apply to 50 jobs with the same resume, I can't, and get rejected for all of them, I can't just say, oh, trust the process. Maybe it's time for some changes. Yeah, exactly. I did change that. Some revisions may be necessary. Exactly. So I I totally revamped it the past week. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. I think that the pro like the difficulties that I've had in terms of upkeep and you know visual changes for my resume has been kind of like difficult for me to understand where it's at and how to make it acceptable because I think everyone has like a different view of what they think a resume should look like and how they want to dissect the information that's on it uh you know if you're an HR professional, I'm sure that you just want to like see the information in a clear and easy way uh, because you see like 500 of them every week. <laughs> so you don't want to like be looking at the same piece of paper like 500 plus times. Yeah. But it also comes down to the fact that a lot of times if it's just text, it's a lot easier to read and easier to see. So I had a lot of like creative difficulties trying to come up like and balance between like, all right, how do I show that I'm not a loser, but also not make it look like I'm boring? Right. So like balancing those two was difficult. That's always tough. I mean, the at, at my internship, we had a whole entire meeting where we just like went over resumes and like what you should and shouldn't do. And I took some notes on it, which was helpful for me because I also need to update my resume. But one thing that I've like had a lot of people tell me um, just through conversations, like asking them, you know, how, how can I improve this is uh, changing your resume based on the job that you're applying for is actually really important because, you know, there's like you said, there's no like one generalization of, you know, oh, one resume will do it all. You kind of want to call out things in the job description and put them up top if you're like doing, you know, um, your skills. So if there's a certain skill that the job requires, definitely put that up top and and kind of word it like the job description does so they know okay this person is applying specifically for this job was a big one that i i kind of need to do it's a lot of work but at the end of the day i think it's kind of worth it definitely i mean just going off that i feel like you can kind of think of it like with your cover letter how it's specific to the job you're applying for that helps so much more and it shows just how engaged and interested you are with that specific opportunity yeah i I will say Oh, go for it. Now you got it. Oh, well, I was just going to say like relevant courses is a hard one for me because like I don't have a lot of stuff on my resume, right? In terms of like, 
I have some work experience, but I'm mostly trying to fill it in with like, you know, what, what, how can I show that I prepare for the job? And it, for us, like just graduating college, putting college courses is a good way, especially with our programs, but like, you don't want to do the general ones was the thing that I was told. So you want to find ones that are specific that give you like an edge. So like at NYU, we take real world courses, which is basically you work with, if for anyone who's, who doesn't know what those are, you work with um, real companies. So like Nike, uh, I did Fox Sports uh, and Chelsea Piers over in New York. And you basically come up, they come to you, uh, the class with, you know, something that they want to go to to do. So like Fox Sports, they wanted us to um, come up with ideas for their WWE um, SmackDown talk show and come up with segment ideas and things like that to make the show more interesting and draw in audiences. And that looks really good on your resume because it shows that you've had some like real world experience um, in terms of working with companies and pitching to them. So stuff like that is really good, but you know, you don't want to do, you know, uh, like consumer behavior. Like that's not a terribly English 101. Any- exactly. Yeah. Pre-calculus. Pre-calculus. Yeah. I mean, at least for me, like what I had, what I did on mine to kind of fill that space. Cause I was like, all right, I have like education and I have experience. Like what else do people want to know? I just made like a little skills thing. And on my first couple drafts, it was like a, like a scale type thing where I put like four dots and the things I was really good at, I'd put like four uh, filled in. But then I was ooh. like, this is kind of too cute. Like it shouldn't be about like, oh, he can make, his like skills look pretty. I think it's just about volume. Like what are the things that I can do? So I just turned it into like a little text thing in the corner that displays as many yeah. as I could think of at possible at once. Obviously it's not like super long. Right. Well, I mean, I'm good at lots of things, but you know, I wasn't going <laughs> to put like literally every single thing that I'm every good at because yeah. I would say only the ones that are pertinent. Um, exactly. So I thought that that kind of accomplished the same thing. I do need to find a spot for like the real world stuff and right you know, class work. Cause I feel like that is important. And I did take like three real world classes. So yeah. it would be a shame just to not have them anywhere. Yeah, um, but I think that there's like a lot of different ways that one can go in creating a resume. I think that it's just more and more difficult now to a like comb through everything that you've done and put everything that is super relevant because at least for me, like, there was stuff that I had to just take out because of a space and B. like, I'm not sure if this is super relevant anymore. Yeah. Like I'm not sure that the stuff I did freshman year or obviously like in high school, but even freshman year and like beginning of sophomore year, like what is still, you know, relevant, like what includes things that are good. Like I just prioritize like, all right, brand name. (laughs) Is someone going to read this and be like, okay, (laughs) like this is a real thing that I understand, but I don't know for me, talking to a lot of people i'm not sure if the whole document even gets read so i'm just trying to streamline that process so how did you what was the structure of your your resume so like the way that mine is it's like uh-huh. a, it's my obviously the name then like the number you know uh, address and email and all that yeah. But then it kind of goes like my objective, education, other qualifications and work experience, and then ho- hobbies and interests, which I need to ask because that's not relevant to anything anymore. Um, but like, I was just wondering, how do you structure yours? Because everyone kind of does it different. 
Yeah, I can. I'll, I guess I can start because I literally just did it. So I should probably know what what's on it. <laughs> yeah. um, but I did like my name and like a little blurb at the top where it's kind of just like a quick rundown of what I've done and like, you know, graduated in this period of time. I want to work yeah. in this industry, blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, and then below that, there's like a little area where I have my email, my LinkedIn, my Twitter and my Instagram. Yeah. Because I feel like instead of maybe putting like, oh, hobbies or interests, like you can just look at my social medias and you can kind of tell like what I'm interested in and that type of stuff. So it kind of accomplishes the same thing. So you put all of your social handles on there. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't really, I don't really post anything, yeah. so it's right. pretty harmless right. stuff. Um, yeah. What's it called? I don't have my phone number because I really don't see the purpose because if they really wanted to talk to me, they would just email me. Email you. Yeah. I don't think that I've ever gotten a text from somebody that said, Oh, I just saw your resume. Give me a call. I don't think that's ever happened. And I don't think it ever will, especially because even when I do apply to things explicitly, I don't even hear back. So I'm not holding my breath. And I was like, Oh, and then also it's an email exchange. And then they're like, Oh, can we set up a time to have a call? Yeah. I feel like that's a natural progression. Yeah. Well, also, uh, and so then like, What's up? Oh, go for it. Well, no, I, just, I don't, I don't answer phone. I have it on there, but I kind of have that realization where I don't answer phone calls from numbers. I don't recognize because 95% of the time it's a scam call. Yeah, so at that exactly. point, if they call me, like you'll leave a message for them to call you back being like, I am really sorry. <laughs> I missed your call. Exactly. Like, I, I think it. that yeah. people also understand that. Maybe that's why they don't call. But uh, then we have like all my NYU stuff, like my, education like when i graduated where what i majored in then all the like clubs and stuff that i did on the left hand side right. there's like a column because i have a picture of myself on the on the top left oh so you did put a you picture. have a picture of yourself yeah because i think that like that adds a little bit more of a personal that touch where they can kind does. of see That's like who they're reading about you know because um the the csm th- uh thing they were like don't put a photo on your on your resume because one um a lot of places now aren't looking at at people specifically they're mostly looking at their qualifications um so that's kind of a new trend that that a lot of industries are doing um it's not a bad thing that you have it it's just like sometimes should have told matt this a week ago i didn't know i didn't know he was doing his resume but that was something they told (laughs) told us whether or not you want to do is up to you but i know that a lot of companies now are moving towards like let's look strictly at qualifications and then hire those who are best qualified rather than, you know, looking at a person's picture and having that influence their decision. So, yeah, I mean, the only thing I'll say is I wasn't getting anything based on my qualifications. So maybe they do need to see my face. Uh, <laughs> Cause I helps, literally helps just sell it that. Exactly. exactly. Well, I, that's what I had been doing for the past, you know, ever since I've had a resume and right. I, you know, I wasn't looking for jobs then, but I haven't had much success. So I was like, you know, why not? Job. I think that the only, it can't really like hurt me in the sense that they're not gonna be like, I mean, I guess it could, cause it could be like, oh, this kid's ugly. We don't want him in the <laughs> office. But um, oh, God. I was kind of like, you know, what, <laughs> like, like, why not? Um, okay. So yeah. And then under that on the left, just cause we got completely sidetracked um, yeah. was like the skills section it's just like the nice. bottom left and then right. basically the entire rest of it is just the experience part where i have 
Yeah. You know, the company name, the position, and then the, the term, like in italics. So it looks right. kind of, you can kind of read through it. And then there's like three to five bullets for every thing that I've done. Um, and that's about it. I'm looking to maybe find a place to put my phone number or address so they know like where I'm located. Right. And if they did yeah. want to call me, which is not going to happen, <laughs> but if they did feel so inclined, they could. Yeah. Um, but I don't really know where to put it. I mean, and I feel I like think the toughest part with resumes is like space allocation. Space yeah. allocation. I think the general rule is like your name, phone number, email location, and then, you know, any of those applicable social media links like LinkedIn or whatever, probably go at the top just so it's the first thing they see. They know where you are. They know yeah. Um, yeah. your location. I mean, like that. for so, mine, I put all that in a header and then I just send it as a PDF. So it just looks like one sheet. Well, I hope you always all send the it top as a PDF. That's true. You can send it as a Word doc. I feel I feel like they don't want you to do that though, because in case anything, I mean, if you send it as a Word doc, can't they edit it themselves? And well, yeah, could, but I've like been a, asked before to send it as a Word doc in oh, some applications. My default is just save as a that's PDF. That's weird. My yeah, I mean, yeah, for me, like the thing that might be unique about mine is like I just took a blank pages document and created the entire thing. Right. Like it's not even a word document. So I don't, I don't even like, if I could, I could export it as a word document, but I just, it would look so ugly. The formatting would get, yeah, the formatting would get completely cooked. Um, Do you think it's worth it to use like those templates you find online where it kind of spaces everything out for you though? Because like, how hard was it for you to, to, to format everything? Cause I always um, have trouble with that. That's the worst part for me is formatting. I mean, I think for me, the formatting was the easiest part just because I don't know as someone who is more like visually inclined I can kind of just see where things are supposed to go like I because I know and I know how to like yeah. use pages to where I can kind right. of edit the spacing how like I can manipulate the document to right do what I want it to do but I think if you're just in a time crunch and want to like a quick easy thing like I have no I had used a template before this and it looked fine, you know. I got internships from it, so <laughs> I don't think that that was necessarily the problem. Um, yeah, I think it's just like completely up to how much effort you want to like put into it, but not necessarily effort that is like, oh, I'm putting in low effort into this. It's more about I'm yeah. putting more effort into the things that I'm good at, which is exactly what a resume should be. Where it's like, oh yeah, I'm using a template, but I'm really describing my skills well. Or I'm really, you know, uh, like having all my roles on here and making sure that they all fit and are, you know, accurately uh, fleshed out. But I just put that effort into like, okay, I'm going to make this look really nice. <laughs> so Makes yeah, I think that it's all up to, it's up to, you know, the user's preference. Yeah. There's some crazy thunder going on out here. Oh, stormy out there. I saw the that. weather has been really crazy. I didn't know that. It was like it's 97 nice, yesterday. It's a nice 78 over here and sunny. So I hate you. Yeah. I was going to say it's pretty similar here. I think it's like 75 and sunny. Well, my condolences go out to our friends in the Pacific Northwest where it's like upper 90s and nobody has AC because why would you, you mean, ever have You AC? mean upper 100s? Uh, well, yeah. It's, it's like 150. I haven't, I haven't been following the weather as much as you guys, I guess. 
Didn't know that. Dude, sure. I read somewhere that it's like it's getting real bad in some place. I heard someplace it reached like 160 or something like that in like the Middle East. And it's like at the point where the human body like starts shutting down. Like you can't physically stand. Yo. So, you could cook yeah. an egg like in the you air. You could cook a human. I think, I think people yeah, are actually no. cooking. That's that's very fair enough. So, um, All right. Before we wrap, Brandon had a, actually a really good topic that oh, we should cover. Yeah. So really just, I don't know, for me right now, I've just been applying to jobs in Denver and I've actually never been there. So I just thought we could talk about the topic of just relocating for work. Really just, I don't know if you guys have experience with that. I know Andrew, both of us, we went to school in New York. I'd never like lived anywhere besides San Diego before that. So I was just wondering if you guys had any advice on the idea of relocating positives and negatives anything about that i mean, I mean you want to start go for, i i can i mean like right. just to, you know i lived in the same house for my entire life so like going to new york was like the first time i ever lived anywhere different but i'd say then i'll start with the negatives and probably go to the positive negatives like it takes it's an adjustment like especially if you're like we were going to school so it was a little bit like i knew what was coming right? Because yeah. I've been in school for my entire life. And it was like, all right, I know that I'll have classes and I can meet people there and whatever. But when you're coming to a new job, like you're, you're learning a whole new system of how they work and how they do everything. I think that is probably going to be the biggest challenge of relocating is like, okay, I'm in a new city and now I have to, you know, learn how this, this company basically does their entire thing. Cause like even working from home with, with my internship right now, like, it took me probably two, two or three weeks to get used to like, okay, this is how they're operating. And that's me being here. Like, yeah, if, if when you relocate, it's just going to be a whole new experience, but that's also like the positive of it where it's really cool. You're in a new place. you probably have a lot more energy um, to, because you're just in a new place and it's exciting for you. And Denver's a cool city. Like my best, one of my best friends from high school goes to college there and he loves it. So, I mean, I don't think there's too much to worry about. You're just going to have to take some time and like settle down and not panic about, you know, not getting things on the first try because it's definitely going to take like some trial and error. Yeah. I mean, I would agree with that. Uh, as someone who has relocated for a college, but also like moving to Europe and middle school, yeah, which is probably like the worst time to relocate <laughs> because it's a good awkward phase. I would say no one wants to go back and be 13 again or 14 because those are just bad 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 years years. (laughs) um but i I, you know i would agree with what everything andrew said i would say the most difficult part is just dealing with uncertainty because it's very hard like especially when you're in a very controlled environment like we all have been in for the past like pretty significant amount of time because i mean i haven't been at home but a a lot of people have for significant periods of time so everything a lot of things are just kind of taken care of um at least, you know, in terms of like lodging and food. Uh, so having to worry about those things is just like a very like shock to the system to start. Um, but I think that if you actually like have a job and you move there, you won't be as overwhelmed because your job is going to take up so much of your time anyway. Yeah. That, you know, you're going to be more like motivated to do <laughs> those things. So uh you you know i think the fact that you would be relocating for a job is better than either doing it for something else or just moving 
And I would maybe argue it's even better than going somewhere for school because I think you put a lot of pressure on yourself when you move somewhere for school, especially because you're like, oh, I'm going to be here for like X period of time. I need to make like this many friends. I need to do this many things. But your job is like, all right, I just need to show up, be myself. If I meet people, great. If I don't, whatever, like I can quit my job. I can change jobs. Um, I think like embracing that fluidity is, is really important, but I've applied to stuff everywhere. Um, that job in Atlanta, I never, never heard anything from. So um, Give it to even after following up, I did. Even, I followed up See, again I'm, today. So really, I'm starting I to said, get a little, little nervous because I haven't heard back from the Broncos for, I think it's been like 11 days now. So thinking I'm going to reach out once it yeah, hits maybe the two weeks. Soon. Yeah. Yeah. My, my thinking has always been, or at least after I've talked to people and they said, this is what my thinking should be. Um, it's like every seven to 10 days, just follow up. Yeah. There's usually, again, if you've already like talked to these people or if you've interviewed, I don't think you're, they're going to think, Oh, like this kid's bothering me. It's yeah. like, you already talked, yeah. like they had an interest in getting to know you. So you might as well use that connection and be like, Hey, what's, what's up? Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I hope going that on, I hear back. So hopefully you hear back. I said, I said, I have yeah. binding offers I need to respond to. <laughs> there you so, go. and I put a date. I literally, I was like, if I, if you don't hear from you on July by the July seventh, I'll assume I didn't get the job, and I'll wish you well. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, so, yeah. Sometimes you just gotta, you know, push them. Empty, empty the clip. Yeah. Like there's no reason, there's no reason to <laughs> be shy, especially like, if you want, if you want the position, like you should be able yeah. to assert your dominance without feeling like, well, know, I mean, yeah. just a little, a uh, little applicant. <laughs> it's like, nah, take the power back, Matt. Exactly. Take right hook, back. right to the face. Yes. Well, I mean like going off of what you said just now, like go back to the relocation thing. I think the job block should be really helpful because it gives you a routine, right? Yeah. yeah. You get uncomfortable when you're out of a routine and you're, if you're just sitting there like in Denver and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do my, spend my time on. That's hard because like when you, when we got, when I got to New York, I was there kind of early and for like the first couple of days, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing because I've never been here before and I don't have like a schedule. So no, that, that can definitely rough. be overwhelming, especially yeah. just like when you have a job with your routine and you have actually like set tasks that you need to accomplish in exactly. a certain time frame. that does help ground you. It'll, it'll ground you and it'll kind of distract you from all the, the foreign things that are around you, but you'll get used to it. I think, I think relocating is kind of exciting. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, the advice here is don't limit yourself. Be as, you know, free as you want in your search for employment because might just find a job that way. Maybe there's just not enough opportunities for you where you are and you need to extend your horizons quite literally. And starting Um, something new is never a bad thing. It's not always a bad thing. Let's both say it's never not a bad thing. I was gonna say you could, yeah. you know, I can, yeah. you know, start an addiction I'll, I'll, to I'll heroin and not enjoy that. So, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's not a good thing. But like, starting starting in a new place doesn't necessarily mean that's a bad thing. Exactly. And on that note, <laughs> I think we shall conclude episode nine. A big milestone next time. Hopefully yeah. on Sunday. I think we're all well now, so we shouldn't be off schedule. I think so. Yeah. Um, Andrew, don't get sick. You turn it. I'm, yeah. I'm doing my best, man. I'm drinking a lot of water. <laughs> we appreciate you guys tuning in. And again, if you have any questions, please drop them on our clips and we'll respond to them. Yeah.
Absolutely. So, Thanks have a great weekend, and we'll see you guys Take on care. Sunday. Yeah.